0: White right Bag with Libby's Nimer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown.
1: Royal Watchers are celebrating Queen Elizabeth today on her 90th birthday. We're taking your calls of tribute, and we do have a couple of lines open here. They're starting to fill up, 416-360-0740, or 1866 740 And joining us now is Royal Commentator Richard Berthelsen. Richard, even if you don't like the monarchy, everyone seems to admire the Queen.
2: Well, absolutely, and I think everyone in their own lives and their own families can relate to, you know, love members of the family, a great aunt, a grandmother, a great-grandmother who reaches a milestone like 90, and to see someone do that while still continuing actually to do a job to play a role in society and to seem to uh, approach life with such zest and happiness really is extraordinary. So. It's a real uh, big moment, I think, in any family's life, and I think everyone can really relate to it from that point of view.
1: By all accounts, she would be very healthy as well, right?
2: Well, it appears so. I mean, I think the Queen has always thought, and there was a big joke in in the royal family that from very early on, you know, the Prince Philip used to say to her, the doctors will keep you alive forever. And I mean that seems to be the case i mean she lives a, you know she leads a very measured kind of uh, routine life She has you know periods of time where she takes breaks and she, she you know works she 's approached this really as a marathon this this role that she 's had in life rather than a sprint and so she 's taken it at a measured pace throughout her life and as a result you know she has very good health but i think the other thing that it really shows for older people in general is that you know if you continue to play a role have a function in life people continue to be happy to talk to you you continue to be engaged it probably is fairly good for your health that is the zoomer philosophy just keep on going exactly and i think she really she and her husband both demonstrate that to say nothing of their eldest son prince charles who also you know keeps at a strong pace Past an age now when he would normally retire, so. I mean, these people are, they get up every day, they have something to do, they have things to read, they have to keep engaged, people want to see them, they want to see things and do things, they have family around them, these are all very healthy things.
1: There, were, uh, there was a, um, a scare for Prince Philip's health a few years ago, and he seems to have bounced back with
2: no problems. Yeah, there's been a couple of occasions, there was one Christmas that he ended up in hospital when they were out at Sandringham, and of course the famous incident uh, during the Diamond Jubilee barge trip down the, the Thames the day after he was suddenly in hospital. So uh, there were occasions where he's, he's gone into hospital quite, quite uh, suddenly. He has come out quite quickly. He seems to be very engaged. What I was astonished this morning to see is both of them riding in an open Range Rover, just holding on to a, a railing while standing while the vehicle was moving. And then we still see Prince Philip, you know, tending to lift children over the barricade to come and give flowers to the Queen. I mean, that's an extraordinary thing for someone at age 95. And while we're all focused on the Queen's 90th birthday, I mean, really, within the family, I think the 95th of the Duke of Edinburgh is also being equally celebrated.
1: Now, the day she was born, and I read this on your Twitter feed, Tell us what was going on in her family. It's amazing.
2: Well, it's absolutely extraordinary sense of uh, kind of maybe fate or uh, coincidence. But the palace just yesterday released what's called Court Circular, which is the official document that's in all the newspapers in, in the UK, of what the royal family does every day. And it's usually written in very factual tone. What is amazing is her grandfather, George V, had lunch that day with uh, Prince Philip's mother and grandmother, the uh, Princess Andrew of Greece, as she was, and the Marchioness of Milford Haven. So on just incredible serendipity that the day Queen Elizabeth II was born, of course, she was born as Princess Elizabeth, she was grandchild of George V, the very day he happened to have lunch with Prince Philip's mother and, uh, and, uh, and grandmother. And, of course, Prince Philip had already been born. Obviously, he was almost four, four years of age at that point in time. So it's just absolutely, these two are were absolutely destined to be together. It's, it's so clear. I mean, I, I, we hadn't had that piece of uh, fact before, and uh, it was really astonishing to see the palace release that yesterday. Do
1: you think, and it begs the question, do you think there was a conversation that, uh, that Prince Philip would one day marry Princess Elizabeth?
2: Well, who knows? Um, it's, it's difficult to imagine that that would have been the kind of thing that was discussed. And of course, let's remember, when Princess Elizabeth was born, no one thought she would be the queen. Right. She was born to the, as the first daughter of a second son. And of course, daughters were always pushed behind sons. It, it was possible that the Duke of York may have had an, another son. It was not thought the Duke of York would even be king. So that may not have been the case. But, I mean, Princess Andrew of Greece at that time was part of another royal family. Uh, Her sister was the crown princess of Sweden. They were all involved in other royal families, and there were still dynastic marriages going on. It's possible she might have had an inkling that that might be a future for her son, but... I'm going to say it's just some kind of cosmic significance rather than a designed one.
1: And as you say, I mean, there is cosmic significance to the fact that she was never supposed to be the queen, let alone the queen with the longest reign in history.
2: <laughs> no, it's absolutely extraordinary. I mean, you know, in our, in our constitutional monarchy and, of course, the monarchy when it wasn't constitutional in the Commonwealth and the empire before it, really the female monarchs have been some of the great monarchs in our history, of course, Victoria, Victoria. Queen Elizabeth the herself herself—you um, know—these people have had huge impact on the institution over the years, and I mean, it was extraordinary the set of circumstances that the Queen came to the throne in completely unforeseen in 1926.
1: Yes, explain just for those those people who are younger or those who don't recall what happened to the Queen's then princess's um, uncle.
2: Well, right, um, the firstborn son of George V was. Uh, David, as he's known within the royal family, his, name was, his first name was actually Albert, he, he ultimately became Edward VIII, kings can always choose many different names. He came to the throne in 1936, he was single, he was in a relationship with uh, uh, Wallace Simpson, mm-hmm. an American divorcee, three-time divorcee, she actually, her, divorce actually came, her final divorce came through after he became king. It was quite a scandal, it was kept from the British people because the British media didn't report on things like that at that time, although the American media did. Canadian media did as well. Uh, The government ultimately decided that the king could not marry this woman. And I might add, our own government was also opposed to it. The British government was opposed to it because she was a divorcee. The Canadian government was opposed to it because she was an American. Mackenzie King at the time, in fact, said the Canadians will never accept an American as their queen. And so David uh, uh, Edward VIII had to abdicate in order Mm -hmm. to marry her, which he did uh, in 1936. And then the Queen's father, the Duke of York, who the second son became the king and that automatically brought Elizabeth uh, to the line of succession.
1: We are speaking with royal commentator Richard Berthelsen and we're inviting your tributes to Queen Elizabeth today, 416 740 744 740 As we look back over Queen Elizabeth's reign on her 90th birthday, Her worst days were certainly around the time when both of her sons, two of her sons, uh, got divorced within a very short period of time.
2: Yes, you're referring to 1992, which was actually her ruby jubilee, her 40th year on the throne. That really was not celebrated at all because we had the unraveling of the Prince of Wales marriage. We had the unraveling of the Duke of York's marriage to Sarah Ferguson, and we actually had the final divorce in Princess Anne's marriage at that time to Captain Mark Phillips. In addition, Windsor Castle, a a portion of Windsor Castle burned down in a spectacular fire. And it brought to public attention a lot of issues around royal financing and who should pay. So it was a very, very difficult time for the Queen. But a lot of lessons were learned out of that. And uh, subsequently, there was a big bounce back in terms of the way the royal household dealt with some of those issues, dealt with some of the family issues, obviously and things really started to change about the time the Queen celebrated her golden jubilee in 2002.
1: Ironically, would her best days at the age of 90 be happening right now with Will and Kate and all of the positive attention the royals are receiving?
2: I think the Queen is um, really in a very, very sunny period of her life in many ways. I mean, she does enjoy, you know, particularly fairly good health for her age. She's still very engaged in what she does. These photographs that we've seen today that Annie Leibovitz took show her surrounded by her grandchildren and great-grandchildren. I think she's, like most people, taking a lot more joy in the grandchildren and great-grandchildren than maybe she had the time to do with her own children. So that's been extraordinary. And the Queen has really ticked off a lot of things on her list of to-do things in the last number of years. I mean, let's remember she went to Ireland a few years ago, the first time in more than hundred years a monarch had been able to go because the peace process had advanced. She sees not one, but two, but three successors in the wings, so that's established. Both her son and her grandson are in very happy marriages. The Prince of Wales is also in an extremely happy marriage with Camilla the Duchess of Cornwall. So all of those things augur very, very well, and I think she could look at all these things as the completion of her life work in many, many ways. And so I think really since the Golden Jubilee in 2002, which sadly coincided with her mother's death. This has really been the golden era of the Queen's reign.
1: It feels as though it's not the day to discuss whether the monarchy has a place in the future of Canada. It feels like a day to celebrate a woman, the Queen, her life, and her longevity. And on that note, you mentioned the Queen, Mom. She lived to be 101. Do we see see us celebrating the Queen's 100th birthday?
2: I mean, I think it's entirely possible uh, whether or not, you know, the Queen will... I mean, I think she'd probably be forced, if she's still Copas Mendi at that point, to to really uh, engage in it. She's not keen on these birthdays being celebrated. She made the point... Last year when she uh, surpassed Victoria's record uh, in terms of the length of the reign, she made the point that in anyone's life that's long-lived, you're going to meet these milestones. It's nothing really to celebrate in that way. And she's quite reticent about celebrating some of these things. But it's possible. um, We'll see what happens. I think to a large extent this period right now is going to be one of the last major celebrations of the Queen's life and her reign. Uh, For the foreseeable future, I don't foresee other types of of things going on, of of the type we're seeing in in this period. And of course, this will lead up until June. This is going to be going on for.
1: Thank you so much for your time, Richard. Pleasure. Royal commentator Richard Berthelsen with some great information and a look back uh, at Queen Elizabeth's life as she turns 90 today and as we remember her and pay tribute. Maureen from Barrie, you'd like to wish the Queen a happy birthday. Go ahead.
3: Uh, I certainly would. I personally am grateful for all the time that we have had the Queen, and also Prince Philip is very important to her, so I'm very grateful for that, and secondly, for everything that she's done because she's got a very, very difficult job to do and the The other thing is that, as far as um you know the monarchy in Canada, it's me as a French Canadian I can say this as Irish as well um i have both in in should we say my pedigree and the 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 the, the difference that it's made if you look at the states and if you look at canada uh it's made a great big difference to the stability of this country and so they're very 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 important and we ha- may have these people that want to be to to, to um, um abolish the monarchy the public, yes but when that's been, thank God for them, and because it's given us our stability. And if you take that away, it's the one thing that doesn't change. You can change a, a, a president every four years. You can change a prime minister. These are politicians. The Queen is not a politician.
1: Maureen, thank you so much for your comments. I want to move along here you because we do have some other callers. Linda from Hamilton, what would you like to say about Queen Elizabeth?
4: Oh, well, I was just uh, thinking back to 1951. I was four years old and uh, lived in a small village near Ingersoll, Ontario. And the Royal Train wasn't stopping in Beechville, where I lived, but it was going to stop in Ingersoll. So I think half the village that night went to (laughs) Ingersoll, along with all the people from the, the town of Ingersoll, and we were waiting for the Royal Train to come through. Now, I was up on my dad's shoulders, And, look, I can still remember the feeling, looking around the crowd, uh, everybody was just waiting in expectation for that train to come through. Well, it stopped probably eight feet from where we were standing. And she and the Duke uh, Duke of Edinburgh came out on the back platform, and it was just so exciting because here was a real princess.
1: Oh, wonderful story! I, I have a similar memory from 1973, living in Kentville, Nova Scotia. All right. And the Queen and the Prince came to our little town, and I, my mother packed us all up with the stroller with my younger mm-hmm. siblings, and we went down and we waved to the Queen. And my mother said afterwards, "I think Prince Will, uh, Prince Philip smiled at me. She was she oh, was yeah. so enamored by him." <laughs>
4: They were looking right at you. Yeah, they were. And the funny thing was, I mentioned this morning to my husband, I don't think anybody in that crowd that night had a camera. Oh, wow. Now, today, you know, there would be, but I, I don't think that, that many people, if any, had a camera that night.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for the memory. That's, that's okay. how we share memories, by talking about them. Thank you, Linda. Thank you. And just ever so quickly, Ron from Mississauga, we do have to get on to Billy Chung, our pharmacist. But just quickly, your birthday wishes for the Queen.
4: Yes, uh, in addition to the Queen's birthday, uh, I'd like to mention that my uh, Aunt Olive in poor credit was born on the exact same day, and today is her 90th birthday as well.
1: Wonderful. And I know that the Queen actually spent some time today with people who are turning 90 this year. That was part of her uh, commemoration of her 90th birthday.
3: Yes, it's
1: great. It is great. And, and long live those who are 90 and healthy and feeling good like the Queen. Thank you, Ron. That's our last word on the Queen for today. I do want to mention to you, if you haven't picked up the newest issue of Zoomer magazine, the May issue, there is an excellent spread in the magazine about Queen Elizabeth and her life. The May issue of Zoomer magazine. I encourage you to pick that up.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.